Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, White, the Light-Fingered Thief. Logar, Logar, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, but we're we're a role-playing game podcast, and we love talking about role-playing games in D&D, and I've been playing them since, since I was pretty young, and before I ever played a role-playing game... I, I want to talk about about something that's personal to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Before I ever played role playing games when I was young, uh, and actually it may have been around the time I was discovering then first discovering role playing games, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, and I don't think people really know a lot about it a lot of times, and there's a lot of disinformation about it. For sure. Well, one of the things was when I put up a video on YouTube. I said, okay, we're going to play with putting some of these videos on YouTube. I noticed my ticks. So I was going to say, you notice the ticks. I do not. I haven't really noticed the ticks myself. So I notice them because I do them when I see myself doing them. I notice them. I'm not sure if people, how often people notice some of them. And to be a hundred percent honest, they're nowhere near as drastic as they were when I was younger, before I started smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so you had mentioned before that nicotine helped you know control the ticks yeah the more like closer i am to having a smoke like smoking the milder my ticks are if i go too long without a cigarette without nicotine i start ticking more and i know that's not the healthiest way to deal with it but it, it is reality it is what it is there's studies out there that say that nicotine helps with tourette syndrome so tourette's tourette's is a neurological disorder and it makes me have uh, ticks, uh, little movements that are, I don't know when I'm having them. And some are auditory, some are not. Now, a lot of times in popular media, it seems to be defined as corporal lalia. Corporal lalia is the utterance of obscenities, things like that. It's literally translation, I think from Latin or something like that to be poop mouth, poopy mouth. So corporal lalia is where you see where people utter vulgarities. And it only exists in single percentages of people with Tourette's, about as many percentage-wise as people who suffer from stroke. So when you see that, that's what's sensationalized and what a lot of people try to make jokes about and defining Tourette's as, oh, saying a bad word. But the vast majority of people who have Tourette's syndrome do not have corporalalia. So that's number one, that's an inaccurate representation of the what Tourette's is for over 90% of people with Tourette's syndrome. Now, how many people have Tourette's population percentage? By I wise? think it's like 1% or something. It's a very small percent. It's so 1% yeah. of the population will have Tourette's and then even a smaller subset of that would have the corporal lolly. Now, corporal lolly is what news programs for decades have focused on out of sensationalism. And it's what comedians, you know, 100%. I get I get really teed off when comedians make Tourette jokes. It, it it pisses me off. I can name a few comedians I have in the past that are pretty popular on either episodes of TV shows or their stand up or movies they've done. And I, I those are I avoid those comedians altogether at this point because they sit there and make tick jokes and Tourette jokes. And and almost all of those Tourette jokes were defining Tourette's as corporal lalia as essentially spreading misinformation on Tourette's and what Tourette's is. So you have to have certain things to be diagnosed with Tourette's. And a lot of people do self-diagnosis with different things these days. I strongly suggest if you have healthcare and access to health uh, services, which not everybody does, 
that you believe you have Tourette's to go see a neurologist, they can properly diagnose it because there are a lot of other tick disorders out there that exist that are not necessarily Tourette's. But you have to have essentially physical ticks and or audible ticks. And, and now like my audible ticks were one of the first things that really made my parents interested in finding out what was going on with me because I would sit there and watch Saturday morning cartoons going burp, 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 and nobody knew what was happening. They were they would look at me and they, hey, 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 what are you doing? What? I say, oh, I can't stop. Because they stop it. I said, I can't stop. It's a habit. So originally we just called them habits growing up. Well, but you see, they're not actually habits because these are involuntary yes. things that you have no control over. So, I mean, maybe it developed into what you would think is a habit, but it's not something that you have control over that you yeah. practice doing. I mean, a habit is something that you practice and practice and, and then it becomes involuntary. This is involuntary to start with. You have yes. no control over it to start with. So. Yeah, we didn't know what a tick was or what Tourette's was to begin with. So the term of it's a habit was kind of coming out of our ignorance of what was even going on with me. I don't remember how we eventually made it to a neurologist, but we made it to a neurologist sometime in the, the upper, I want to say it was the later on in the 80s. So I was, uh, I don't think I was quite in junior high just yet. I was right before junior high. Or it may have been right when I got into junior high, maybe fifth or sixth grade. Now, do your siblings, do any of your siblings have Tourette's? No, I'm the only, my, my daughter was diagnosed with Tourette's, but no, no others. And I do, there are some tick disorders. One of my siblings has uh, some sort of, has had some sort of tick disorder that's not as dominant as like Tourette's is. I sometimes question the diagnosis of giving my daughter the, the Tourette's, but that she got diagnosis she got i don't know how accurate that is because her tics are not nearly as dominant as mine have been i think a large part of her getting that diagnosis was the fact that her father had Tourette's. now for your involuntary tics they're mostly mostly like facial versus like your arm or legs or oh so what what i have noticed are the most long-lived ones when they're relatively tame are the blinking that often happens. That's one of the things I was noticing in like looking at the video that was recorded was my blinking ticks were there. Uh, I think that it kind of comes off maybe as a quirk more so than a tick. <laughs> uh, I think it just kind of maybe is lost in my facial expressions as I do so. I have two others that seemed, one other one that has been long lived is a twiddling of my fingers. So you probably don't see that much if my hands and fingers aren't on camera. There's another one where I can't stop, uh, that happens in my mouth with my tongue. Uh, and that one kind of hurts because he has tore up. But I've had, oh, I don't even know how many ticks over the years and they will resurface and come back. Uh, a lot of ones with like jerking and twitching my neck that really cause a lot of pain in my neck spinal column area that I've had over the years. And uh, too much caffeine or stress really brings some of those out. Uh, that's often if I feel that I'm starting to tick and I have those coming on, I will go smoke a cigarette. Now, probably, again, not the best way to deal with it, but it helps alleviate some of those ticks, especially those more drastic ones. So are there any other medications that are available aside from, like, say, nicotine in your case, for example? Are there other there was for a long time in the 80s and 90s, not really any medication available. There isn't really anything that I'm aware of that is specifically addresses not ticking, but there are different things people use and try. There was a surgery going on somewhere in the 2000s where they were literally 
like drilling into people's heads and tapping a wire in there to have some kind of neuro like electric discharge to calm the ticks. I'm not 100% sure how that worked. That's not something I would even consider. No, I'm, I am curious though, because if it's neurological, then it's firing something in your nervous system, causing it to physically tick. I'm wondering if like, you know, acupuncture or some of the other physical medicines that interrupt energy flow will be able to help with that or not. This is not something I've looked into. I'm not really seeking to, as a kid, or I, I was, I was dra- desperately, I wanted to not tick. Sure. Um, as a kid, it was very othering when I'd walk into a classroom and be the only kid walking in and go, like, uh, this one of my big ticks was, like, I would, my shoulders would hit my cheek, they'd blow up with air, I'd be, keep on smashing my shoulder into my cheeks repeatedly, the sound of this squishy sound that I make would come out, I got a lot of attention. And it wasn't positive attention when I walk right. into any place with a bunch of kids at that time. Well, no, not not <laughs> not that. You know, when you're kids, obviously you're different. You're going to be the target of people making fun of you and bullying you for sure. Oh yeah, that definitely. There's definitely an, an element of that that occurred growing up. Uh, being into things like comic books and Dungeons and Dragons, you know, role playing games in in the eighties could be you were a nerd, you weren't very popular, but but added on to ticks was not the biggest, not, not the most popular kid in, in school. We'll just say. Now, I think the biggest thing for me to address was when I was a kid, it was it was we found out I had Tourette's and I would go in front of the class, and tell everybody what Tourette's was. That's probably one of the worst things I could have done because every kid just piled on, and now I was up there proselytizing i have tourettes and they they sent the news they sent the local news in cleveland into the classroom to hover over my desk with cameramen and watch me tick and all this other stuff it was weird and uncomfortable and bizarre i think one of the best things though is is kind of education and putting it out there the worst part of it i believe is a response i i was involved with the tourette syndrome association of america the tsa as they called it for back in the two, the 90 years early 90s and late 80s so this is the uh, tsa not dsa yes the tsa the tourette TSA. association <laughs> the tourette syndrome association of and i think they, i think it's just tsa not aa but association of america i think they just truncate the a i might be wrong though and like we would have regular meetings where I'd meet other kids with Tourette's and things like that. Uh, so I've met a lot of people with Tourette's even into the early 2000s. When I had kids, I used to go to some of the meetings that were up in uh, different areas I lived in. One of the things I've noticed a lot of is, is parents get upset about their kids being different and having Tourette's needing to fix the child. When I take a perspective of really, we need to talk about maybe the way we respond to others who are different more so than the fact that they just, they're neurologically, that's how they work and that's how they function. And they're just going to have a few extra movements and other things. Uh, They're going to be a little bit different than others and being okay with others who are different. I think that having Tourette's may have influenced the way that I see the world and that I understand that you know, there can are things that are othering and they can be along varying spectrums of different, you know, differences that we encounter as just as human beings being as diverse as they are, that not everybody's the same. And that's okay, that we need to be a society that's okay with others who are different is kind of one of the things that I think it influenced me with. No, certainly. I mean, you know, personally, obviously, I'm a person of color. I'm not white. So growing up in a very white 
um, area, you do get a lot of racist bullying. So obviously that does shape your point of view. And hopefully in today's, you know, 2022 year, as we're recording this, <laughs> that as you mentioned, people are more accepting of people of different backgrounds or different, you know, for example, having Tourette's or being non-binary or having, you know, different, you know, learning challenges and such, you know, we need to be acceptable of neurodivergent folks as well too. Yeah. And there's a lot of other things. I mean, human beings are just a very diverse period. Like people are different. There are differences between us. We're not all the same. We're not one homogenous thing. Um, that is just what it is. At the end of the day, I think like one of the things that bothers me the most that I hear in circles with when Tourette's is discussed is, is parents often who are acting as if the worst thing has happened to them because their child just happens to have Tourette's. I think that what they, what I would suggest is to focus more on just being accepting of her child, how they are, who they are, acknowledging that their child may be different from other kids, but that doesn't make them less than or anything like that. A lot of us had these little theories that that people with Tourette's are very creative or more so creative than others. They used to say, I think it was, was it, was it Beethoven or Mozart? One of them they used to say they believed had Tourette's right. syndrome. And there was a list of famous people that they, famous creatives who had Tourette's that a lot of us would cling on to and talk about. And it, it is what it is. <laughs> no, it's true. Now, for example, in the case of your daughter, obviously growing up in the more modern era, not like ourselves who grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, has she faced any type of challenges with um, her classmates or in school or? There's, there's, there's a, there's a whole host of challenges she's working through. I'm not sure how many of them are related to Tourette's directly and other things. It is what it is. We'll get through it. We're working through it. Hopefully things get, it's rough being a kid in, in school, especially when you first get into high school and stuff like that. Those are some awkward years. I remember them being difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's about all we have today if you've enjoyed what you've heard please share with your friends i promise we'll get back to role-playing games tomorrow <laughs> you can find us on facebook just search wobblies and wizards wobblies and wizards.com is our blog i'm on twitter at logar Crom. we're on patreon we could really use the support patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards and as always keep those dice rolling yep and if you want to see more video logs of us doing videos let us know